Good morning. Uh, my name's Ed. Uh, today, uh, our Bible reading will be from Isaiah 52, verse 13 to 15, and then from uh, then. Chapter 53 is Isaiah 53. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed by our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his words, we were healed. We are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned our <clears throat> to our own way. And the Lord has said on him, the inequity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet we did not open his mouth. He, had, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life into death, and was numbered by the transgressions, with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many, and many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Morning, everybody. My name is Scott, and I'm the pastor here at Trinity Church Pracker. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, kids, if you have got one of the packs where you're making a, uh, a cross, um, 
I want you to see there's a mistake in the craft. If you notice the mistake and come and tell me later, you can have a hot cross bun. How about that? Um, Friends, Australia has been through dark times recently, haven't we? Uh, Take us back to about 18 months ago, at the end of 2019, we were hit by bushfires that ravaged so much of Australia. Uh, In fact, just down the road here at Kangaroo Island, basically half of the island was burned through. Things got so bad here in Australia. I had friends at the time who were hiking in New Zealand. And as they're hiking over there, they got covered in a a, a cloud of smoke that got blown across the ditch from Australia. It was that bad. And then just as the bushfires seemed to calm down, we got hit by COVID-19, didn't we? And we all know what that brought. Lost jobs, businesses going bankrupt, People being separated from their families and friends through closed borders and nursing homes being shut and all sorts of things like this. And that's not even to mention then that the over 900 families who actually lost a loved one through this. And it's still not over yet. If you lived in Brisbane, we, we, we possibly wouldn't be here today. Um, they've just had to lock down. They've been through a lockdown again. We're not through COVID, and yet another disaster has struck as, as floods have engulfed most of eastern Australia in the last month. Properties destroyed, crops and livestock lost. Over, over 18,000 people had to be evacuated, taken out of their homes because their homes were at risk of flooding. In fact, this, the couple who, who lived in this house, it was their wedding day when they turned on the news and they saw their house floating down the river as it got ripped away from its foundations. Just Heartbreaking stuff. Australia has been through some dark times recently. I wonder, maybe that's touched you personally, affected you personally. Perhaps it hasn't. But here's the question I want to ask today. What has Jesus got to say about the darkness we so often find ourselves in? Uh, Today is Good Friday, a pretty big day for Christians. So on this day, let's ask, what has Jesus got to say about the darkness that our country has endured? Or or what's he got to say about the way that it's affected many of us personally? We just read from uh, a part of the Bible called Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, uh, even though he was um, writing about 700 years before Jesus was even born. He's actually describing very much the experience that Jesus went through. Not just in his life, but the experience Jesus went through when he died on the cross. And so here's the first point today. What's Jesus got to say about the darkness we see around us? The first thing isn't something that Jesus says. It's actually what Jesus does. And it's this. That Jesus enters into our world, of, into the darkness of our world. That is, Jesus, he's not immune or separate from the dark things we so often face. He, he comes into it amongst us. In fact, in that part of Isaiah that we just read, it's kind of like Jesus goes down into a spiral of darkness. It kind of begins in verse 2. Let me take you to verse 2. It says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. 
Jesus doesn't come looking like a special person. right? He's not like the queen who's dressed up in fancy clothes and got all sorts of special things that draw attention to her. No, he's just an ordinary person. Or in verse 3, he was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Jesus is rejected. It's not that he's friendless, but at the end of his life, his countrymen have rejected him. His friends have abandoned him and run away. And one of his closest friends even denies knowing Jesus for fear of what it will bring on him. It's, it's like the kid at school who always got left out. That's, that's the image of Jesus here, rejected, abandoned, on his own. It goes on in verse 4. The spiral continues down. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. That's Jesus' experience at the cross. That's... We hear this in the religious leaders as they look at Jesus on the cross and they mock him and they say things like, he trusts God, let God rescue him now if he wants him. See, God doesn't want him. God's not going to rescue him. He's stricken by God. Back in Isaiah, it goes on down down in verse 8. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? At his trial, everyone knows Jesus is innocent, especially the judge, Pilate. He knows Jesus is innocent. But no one cares. No one speaks up. It's like the opposite of what happened at the Salisbury shops a couple of weeks ago. Did you hear about this story? There was um, an altercation between a man and a woman, and someone walking by intervened to protect the woman. You you heard this story, right? He he got pretty badly beaten up for it, but... But we see that guy, that, that, that passerby, we see him as a hero because he stood up for the oppressed, even at personal cost. That doesn't happen for Jesus, right? Here he is, a victim of injustice, but no one lifts a hand to stop it. And so finally, in verse 8, Jesus is killed. He was cut off from the land of the living. On a hill outside of the city of Jerusalem... Jesus is hung on a cross and killed. You see, for Jesus, there's a spiraling down into darkness. It starts off with kind of silent rejection, but it moves into this raging injustice as an innocent man is brutally murdered simply because those in power wanted it to happen. Jesus enters into our world of darkness. He doesn't remain immune from it. He experiences firsthand just how dark this place can be. But, and and this is the second point for today, the real darkness Jesus confronts is the darkness of sin. After all, it is sin, according to our passage in Isaiah, it is sin... That leads to Jesus' death. You see it in a few places like verse 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Or again in verse 12, he bore the sin of many. I mean, it uses a few different words there, sin, transgressions, iniquities, but they all mean the same thing. It's all talking about sin. And, and this is 
the real darkness that Jesus comes to confront in our world. The thing is, we don't often think about sin like this, do we? When we think about sin, it's, it's often, and the, way, and the way the word is used today, it's, it's often not that, real, not, not that big of a deal. It's, it's really just like a bit of indulgence. It's like eating an ice cream. Nothing too harmful. In fact, if anything, sin's probably a little bit fun. So why does Jesus make such a big deal about sin? Well, um, can I show you a, a quick video here? Let, let's have a look at this video. Um, this, is, this is a video of a man. This is, that's him there. He's putting a GoPro camera on top of his head. There he is. That's uh, Sydney Harbour. Gives his buddy a high five. There you go. He's going to jump into the harbour in a moment. Um, here he is. You've got to get around. It's great, isn't it? You can see everything from his point of view here. There he is. He's uh, getting ready. I don't know if you'd like to take that jump into Sydney Harbour, but right. here he goes. Ready. He's off. Okay, so he's in the water and you get the experience of what it's like there for him. He's looking back up at his mate who points over to something in, uh, in, the, in the water. So we go under and we're going to see what's in the water in a moment. And there it is. It's a shark. It's a large... It's not, and it's not just a shark, it's a large shark. Right? There's a great white shark. We duck under again in a moment here. He's swimming for the shores. The shark kind of wants to... Say hello to again, so there he is. And pretty quickly, this guy wants to scramble up up to the safety of dry land again, right? And so it's all a bit messy from here. Um, but you'll be happy to know he gets up there and there's no worries with the shark. He's safe. Um, GoPro cameras, here's the point from this, GoPro cameras are great because I don't have to get anywhere near the shark, but I can go through that experience with him. That's what GoPro does, right? It sits on top of your head and, and I can see everything that that guy saw. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment. Imagine I could put a GoPro camera, but not on top of your head, but, but imagine I could put one like inside your head. And imagine it recorded everything you did, everything you looked at, everything you spoke. But more than that, imagine it could also record your silent thoughts and put words to them. Imagine, imagine it uncovered your motivations and recorded them. And imagine that we took that footage then from that GoPro camera inside your head Imagine we put it up here on the big screen for everyone to see. How are you feeling about that at that point? <laughs> um, if it was me, I'm kind of headed for the back door pretty quickly. Because uh, I know I've done some things I'm not proud of. Things like, like even I know they're not right, and uh, the GoPro camera inside my head would record the justifications I try to make to myself, even though I shouldn't have done it or said it or thought it. And, that's just me failing my own standards of life. Imagine for a moment how much more I would fail God's standards for living. Friends, sin isn't about ice cream and overindulging in the fun things. It's that dark part that we all know is there, we all know exists 
inside of us. The things that lead us to do wrongs to one another. Sometimes just in thoughts. Sometimes in words. Sometimes in actions. And, and, and worse yet, it's, it's, it's the wrong things we do to our God in thoughts and words and actions as well. And Jesus says, this is the real darkness I've come to confront. I've come to confront sin. And it leads to Jesus' death. He dies because of sin. It's not because he sinned, but because we did. He's like a substitute for us. God is a just God which means sin, doing wrong, deserves punishment. But here is the beauty of the cross. We don't face the punishment for sins. Jesus does that for us. So look again at those verses. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He bore the sin of many. It's saying we're like stray sheep. We've strayed away from God. We've strayed away from doing what is right. But Jesus has borne the punishment for us. He's borne our sin and taken the punishment. Can I show you another quick video? Um, this one is completely different. This one is a, the trailer to a Lindsay Lohan movie. You ready? Anna, honey, wake up. Oh. <laughs> I have had it! Ah. Hurry up! What? I'm ready. For the Coleman family, Mondays are manic. Bye, honey. Make good choices. Wednesdays are wild. There's never enough time to really understand each other. What? Time's up. It's after six. But on Friday... You think my life is perfect? You couldn't last one day in my high school. Okay. That's all about to change. Because things are going to get a little freaky. Why am I in Anna's room? This isn't mine. Those aren't mine. That's definitely not mine. Walt Disney Pictures presents... So, you're in my body and I'm in your body. I'm old! I beg your pardon? Oh, I'm like the Crypt Keeper! Freaky Friday. Why don't we like... Yes, a jolt! Go! Coming soon to Disney DVD and video. Anyone seen the movie? A couple of people, yeah. It was kind of... This is just... I was around when I was younger. Um... You got the basic gist of the movie there, though, right? Mum and daughter, they don't get along. They happen to get a fortune cookie uh, that seems to have some kind of magic behind it, and then suddenly they wake up in each other's body. And, um, well, hilarity ensues, uh, kind of if you're into Disney hilarity. But it got me thinking, if you could swap with someone for a day, who would you choose to swap with? If you could swap with someone for a day, who would you choose to swap with? Why don't you turn to someone close by and, and uh, have a chat about this. If you could swap with someone for a day, who would you choose to swap with? We'll come back again in, in, in two minutes. All right, let's come back together. Um, who's willing, is anyone willing to share with us who they'd swap with for a day? 
if they could, or maybe maybe you're willing to share with who the person you chatted with. Yeah. Judy. You're going to be Eva, so everything's exciting. You've got tons of energy to face the world. A- anyone else? I want to be Joel. You want to be Joel because he gets to be married to you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, one more, maybe? One more? Is it? Bob? <laughs> Isaac, because he sleeps a lot. Um, can I tell you who I'd be? If we got to trade, I'd be this guy, Matt Preston. Um, he's a food critic, which means he gets paid by others to come into their restaurants and eat, his good food, eat their good food. I'm down for that. Yep. Oh, yeah, I could do that as well. Um, I think when we, when we do this kind of thing, though... We all choose to swap up, right? We choose to swap because it benefits us in some way. I want to be Matt Preston because I get to eat good food. Judy wants to be Eva so she gets to have all the energy. Jesus is totally different to us. He swaps with us. He takes our place. But not because it's good for him. He does it because it's good for us. It's brilliant for us. Jesus is our substitute. He takes our place. He takes our sin. He takes our punishment. And that means Jesus brings us hope. Look again at the verse. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds... We are healed. That's the message of Good Friday. Jesus enters into the darkness of our world. He confronts the darkness of our sin, but the darkness does not overcome him. He overcomes the darkness. He wipes our slate clean, and so he offers us hope, peace, healing. Jesus offers us a fresh start with the God of the universe. So let me ask you then, where are you at with God today? Where are you at with God today? Jesus died so that we could be forgiven and have hope. Have you asked God to forgive you? Perhaps you'd like to do that for the first time today. If you would, please come and grab me later or or come and grab Ada or or, or find someone here that you trust. Believe me, there will be nothing more thrilling for us than sitting down and praying with you, hearing you ask God to forgive you for the first time. That would make Friday a very good Friday indeed. Perhaps so. You might be sitting and think, okay, I just need a bit more information. I need to figure out who this Jesus fellow is a bit more first. And that's you. I just want to invite you to come back to church. Uh, all through term two, starting soon, we're going to be looking through a part of the Bible called Matthew. It's just like a biography of Jesus' life. Why not come back and just sit with us as we all get to know Jesus better? But also know that many of us here today are already following Jesus and have asked for forgiveness plenty of times in the past 
And for us, Good Friday is, is a great day, isn't it? Because we're reminded very clearly here, Jesus has totally, fully and absolutely dealt with our sin. He dived into the darkness of this world and he's taking care of the darkness of our own sin. We know this and we love it. But it's true, isn't it, friends, that at different points in life, we can start to worry. Because we know that deep down the darkness of sin hasn't left our lives completely. And we know at times we still mess up and make a meal of things. And I can't believe it, but I've sinned against God. I've done it again, in that way again. And we can worry because we start to wonder, well, maybe that's it for me. Maybe that's the last straw and, and, and now God's done with me. Surely there's no way he could forgive me for that again. Not this time. But Good Friday, friends, it reminds us, doesn't it? No, 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 no. Jesus has totally, he's already dealt with the darkness of sin. So, so, so the hope here doesn't lie within me. It doesn't come from my performance or my goodness. My hope comes from Jesus, the one who was crushed for my iniquities, who was pierced for my transgressions. The punishment that brought me peace has been paid, and by his wounds I've been healed. So have confidence, friends. Even in those moments of worry, we can have confidence. There is nothing left for us to do. Jesus has done everything, done everything to give us a, a certain and sure hope of forgiveness. All that's left to do for us is to be like a little baby koala that clings to its mother, knowing that protection, knowing that hope, knowing that there's a future in clinging to Jesus, the one who's borne our sin, the one who's paid the price for us. This is great news and it's worth us stopping pausing it and praying and saying thanks to God. So would you pray with me now? Our great God and loving Father, we so thank you for Jesus, the one who was pierced for our transgressions, who was crushed for our iniquities. Thank you that that brings us peace Thank you that that heals us spiritually. Thank you for the hope that we then have in Jesus. That this darkness of sin does not overcome us, but through Jesus where we can overcome it. God, our prayer is that no matter where we're at today, you would move us so that we all cling to Jesus, the one in whom we, we, we rest our hopes. We pray this in his name. Amen.